Okay, wow. It's an emotional day, you know. Happy Father's Day to you guys. Happy Father's Day. And uh, 40 years. 40 years today. Yeah. There we are. Does that look like me? I still, I still sort of wonder why, you know, what's up with the cup, you know, for the picture, you know. A styrofoam cup, right? Uh, yeah, that, this is one of the favorite ones coming out when you're leaving the church, right? It's done. Let's go. And uh, the old 65 Mustang that my wife had uh, when we got married. So, uh, but our lives we give unto you. That's a, a song that we, that we had for our wedding that... Uh, we still just want to serve God. That's really what we want to do. And there she is. And now I'm going to cry. See, she's not actually here. You, you notice that, right? She's actually in California. And uh, she went out early. We're going to a conference. Uh, uh, and so she went out early. I'm going to join them tomorrow. Uh, Angelina is with her. And that her parents, at Paula's parents' house right now. So, but... Um, I'm just, I was thinking about, you know, 40 years is a long time, and knowing myself, and knowing her, and knowing the world in which we live, 40 years is miraculous, honestly. And I, and I, and I have to say that I have to give all the credit and the glory to God, because we would, without Jesus, we would not have made it. And I, I've said that for years. From, from the early years, without Jesus' help, we would not have made it, honestly. Again, because I know me. Should I say I know her? <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. Marriage is hard, but with God's help, we can make it. So, a little bit of review, uh, and I know Brian mentioned this when I first met him, one of the reasons he came, and we've been doing this since you've been gone, Brian, the 512 5512 <laughs> Uh, that he heard that on an old uh, teaching tape uh, on, on the radio, on the radio program, but uh, we have been doing that. So the five sections, uh, can you tell me what they are? The law is number one, right, five. What's next? History, right? Poetry, right? Major prophets and the minor prophets. Anybody remember what the message of the prophets is? The main message of the prophets to what? Bring the people back to God. Why? Because we wander, we get out there, we get lost. And, and bring us back to what God wants. Bring us back to, to what God's Word says. Bring us back to the, the plans and the purposes that God has for us. That's what God's Word will always do. And, and it's no different in the, in the book of Haggai that we've been studying. Haggai chapter 1, we talked about priorities and procrastination. We can get way, way off. Now... The people, the Jews, 50,000 of them, they were led by Zerubbabel and they returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, right? Remember? To rebuild the house of God. They got started and then what happened? Anybody remember? They stopped. They quit. They had a little bit of uh, opposition, but that, that was just the beginning. That, you know, that didn't last forever. 
but they just stopped. And they were busy doing their own things. They were busy take care and, taking care of their own stuff, their own houses, their own, you know, programs, but leaving God out of it, leaving God's house out of it. And that's when God spoke to them through the prophet Haggai, and he said, you know, you got to think about what you're doing. Think about your life. Give careful thought to your ways, he said. You know, the question is, what's first in your life? Or, you know, is it your house or is it his house? Is it your plans or is it his plans? And that, we have to kind of ask ourselves those kinds of questions uh, from time to time. What's first in my life? We need to put him first, not put him off. Matthew 6.33, one of our anchor verses, But seek first the kingdom, his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you or added to you as well. That, that he's going to take care of us. When we put him first, he's going to take care of all that stuff that we worry so much about, that we fret. Now the people, the leaders... And the people, they responded, it says in chapter 1. They obeyed the voice of the Lord. God stirred up their spirits, and they came, and they began to work on the house of the, the Lord Almighty, their God. They, be, they got busy. They got to it. So they got started, right? And sometimes that's hard, just to make that first step. It was a, it was a, a few weeks, really, uh, of time from when Haggai spoke to them. It had been 16 years, though, from when they first came back, and they were very excited. They lost a lot of that excitement. So, but now they're back in, back in the program, right? This is where we're picking it up today. They got started. They got to work. Now, in Haggai chapter 2, it's, it's another message, a second message that Haggai comes and speaks to them. There are four messages in the book. He comes and speaks to them. It's about a month or so, just under a month after they got started again. It had been 16 years, and now it's about a month after they got started, right? And God sends them another message. This message, it's kind of an, a message of encouragement. And the message is to keep at it. Why? I wonder, and, and I'll ask you the question, do you think it was hard for them to get going again? After 16 years, if, you, if you've been, haven't been at it for 16 years and you get started, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult to keep going. I think they needed encouragement. You know, you and, I, you and I need encouragement too, don't we? We get discouraged like I, I talked about a few weeks ago. But God sends them this message, and this is really the, the heart of, of what we're going to look at today in these first five verses God says to them, be strong and work. He says, I am with you. He says, my spirit is with you. And he says, do not fear. Now, every one of those is something I think that you and I can take for ourselves. Because God says these kinds of things over and over in his word. So let's pick it up here in, in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. So if you look at the last verse of chapter 1, it says on the 24th day of the sixth month, they got started. They began to work. On the 21st day of the seventh month, so again, it's just under a month. 
that they've been working now, and God speaks to them. God, the word of the Lord came, and God speaks through the prophet Haggai, and, and he gives them these words. So that's why I said, I think maybe they were having a hard time getting going again, hard time sticking at it, hard time like staying in the program. Now, we kind of know the end of the story, and I think they really listened to what God was saying to them, which is absolutely essential for you and I to get anywhere. We've got to listen to what God says. And they kept at it. Now, it wasn't a, you know, they weren't going to finish in a few days. In fact, it was like four to five years before they actually finished the work. So it was a difficult period of time. But... They needed, again, they're just in the beginning stages of getting things going. When, when you and I, we, we, we kind of know what God wants us to do, and those beginning stages are difficult, we need to hear what God has to say. And I think these are some of the words that he has to say for you and for me. Look at verses 2 and 3. It says, Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, the civil leader, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, so he's the religious leader or the spiritual leader, and to the remnant of the people, to the people that came back, this remnant of people who came back to the land. So speak to them, speak to the leaders, and speak to the people. It isn't just the leaders, and, and, and God speaks to leaders, don't misunderstand me, but he speaks to people too. He speaks to all of us. It's a, it's a dangerous and a very scary place when you only hear from God through a leader. You know what I mean by that? When you are dependent to just hear from God through a leader. But that puts you in a kind of a vulnerable position. Well, you need to know that God is speaking that through his word, first of all. This is a, a, a protection for all of us. And you need to be able to hear God for yourself, too. What if the leader comes along and says, well, this is what God's telling us to do, and it's some like weird, strange thing? Well, if you can't hear God for yourself, and if you can't see what God is saying in his word, you could be led down a path. It happens. It happens all the time. That's why I say we need to be in the word. And when we hear somebody, even a leader, just because somebody's in a position of leadership does not does not mean that everything they say is going to be gospel truth. So anyways, God's speaking to the leaders, but he's also speaking to the people. And look what he says. He says, ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? That's an interesting question. He's, he's saying, you know, look around. And you say, well, what kind, of a, how, what kind of an encouraging message is that? He's saying, look around. You look at this thing. It's a, it's a mess. As a matter of fact, it's nothing like what the original temple was, the temple that Solomon built. But I think, what, I think what's happening here is God is pointing to what they were actually thinking. They were looking around going, oh, and there were probably some uh, who were there who had seen the old temple before it was completely destroyed. Because it was about 66 years. So, you know, this is written in 520 B.C. And the temple was destroyed in 586 B.C. So it's about 66 years, right? 
those of you that are good with math. And so if, if somebody was, say, 10 years old or 20 years old, they could have survived and still be alive to see. But remembering what the, the old temple was like. When, in the book of Ezra, when they first came back, again, when Zerubbabel and, and uh, uh, the 50,000 Jews came back, by the way, we've got to add those years of the 16 years as well. But when they first came back, they, they laid the, the foundation. You can read about this in, in Ezra chapter 3. They laid the foundation, and it says that there were people there who remembered, and there were some people who were weeping, and then there were others who were shouting for joy. And it, it, it's kind of an interesting account. It's like, were they weeping because it wasn't, it wasn't as big? It wasn't, you know, they, they still were thinking about what it used to be like? Hard to say. But I think that, that, I think that now here in Haggai chapter 2, I think that they were discouraged and they were, they were, perhaps they had these thoughts like, will it ever be the same like it was before? 66 uh, years plus, well actually, no, I, you don't have to add those years because 520 is, is when he's now speaking, so sorry about that. My math, I've been out of school for a while, you know. I was good in math, though. So, will it ever be the same as it was back then? And, and, and isn't, isn't it true that we do that kind of thing as well? We think, well, well is it ever going to be like it was before? You remember the good old days, right? The good old days, you know. I, I still remember the good old days of, of our fellowship. You know, we had a, we, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, Right? And we've had some good old days, you know, when you think about it. But, but I was encouraged by what Brian was saying today, that, that these are the good days too. But you know, think back to different things that happen at different times and different people and, 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 and these kinds of things. Will it ever be the same? No, it doesn't have to be the same. We just need to be obedient to what God is doing today. But we, we do that and we compare with the past, don't we? And we compare ourselves with other people. Well, I'll never be like so-and-so. Any of you ever do that? We look back instead of looking ahead. I think that's one of the reasons that God sent Haggai with this second message here now. When they began to get back in there again, he, says, he, he, he had to speak to them because they were, they were kind of doing that. Solomon, who built the first temple, and it was an incredible temple, and, and, I, and, and you know, Herod came along, they rebuilt the temple, and, and, and it really was much simpler than the temple of Solomon's day. But then Herod, King Herod came along, and he kind of made it pretty fancy again, too. I don't know that it was as incredible as the first temple. There's some, there was something about that. But Solomon, you know, wrote different writings, and one of them is the book of Ecclesiastes, and he says this, Solomon says this, do not say why were the old days better than these, for it's not wise to ask such questions. Not wise to ask such questions. Why, why was it so much better in those old days, you know? Why is it so much better? Why was it so much better when we first got married? 
Oh, my. You know, I don't know if my wife is watching this or not. I've got to be careful. The truth is, the first year was very difficult. The truth is, the first week was very di- Brian talked about, you know, getting to the, to the place there. I remember this, you know, I showed you some pictures, and, I, and I'll just share this with you because uh, I feel like it. And uh, we got married, and we went to a, uh, we got married in San Diego. We went to a hotel that was right on the ocean in Pacific Beach in San Diego and had our, our first night there. And then we went to a cabin up in the mountains and, and, uh, for the first week or so. And I tell you what, that first day was, was incredible and everything. But we got up to this mountain cabin, and, and my wife will tell you, I like destroyed her. I like went into shock. What have I done? And she's like, what have I done marrying you? Like, you are like out of it. But thank God uh, that didn't last forever. Whew. Man, can you turn the, the, it's getting kind of warm. Is it getting warm in here? No. It's just me. It's just me. Oh. So, don't ask, why were the old days so much better? Because these are the days that, that we have. These are the days that God is giving to us. I got a, I got a message from my wife. Uh, we haven't spoken yet, but I got a message that says, looking forward to the, more of the journey that we have. What's ahead? You know, we've had good 40 good years, but, but there's still more to come, right? Today and the days that are ahead for you and I and what God has for us. It's exciting to think about what does God want to do now? What does God want to do today? Didn't Paul say that in Philippians chapter 3? He said, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, he said, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So he said, you know, the past is the past, the future is the future. I need to be Pressing ahead to the future, what God has for me in the future. And it doesn't make the past bad or anything. But he goes on to say this, that all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And, and if on some point you think differently, God too will make that clear to you. He'll straighten us out. So God speaks to them. And, and let's look at some of these things that he says here in the next two verses. Verses 4 and 5. He says, but now. Interesting. It says, but now. And you're in the middle of all this. But now. What? Be strong. Notice this. He says, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. And this is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of cool stuff, but it's something for you and I. The first thing he says, and notice he says it three times to each group, to, 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 the, 
to the two leaders and then the group of people. He says, be strong and work. Be strong and work. Now, do you think, do you think knowing what you know about what God's word says, do you think that he was telling them just to, just to pull yourselves up by the bootstraps? You know, go out and pump some iron until you get really strong and just in your own strength make this thing work. Do you think he was saying that? Absolutely not. When God tells you and I to be strong, he's going to give you the strength to be strong. So we got to know when God says be strong and work, when God tells us to be strong, where do we get the strength? Because the truth is, you and I don't have it. Paul says, you know, when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because the strength comes from, a, from somewhere else. It doesn't come from me. It comes from him. That's why it says in Ephesians 6, be strong in what? The Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's why Paul could say, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not I can do all things, things because I've been working out, you know, because God saw how strong I was and how cool I was, and, and he gave me this job to be this, this apostle. You and I need to understand when God says to be strong and work that we got to get our strength from him, to look to him for that strength. But then when we get the strength, what do we need to do? We need to work, right? We need to work. We need to put out a little bit of effort. You get the strength. He gives us the strength. And then you got to do something. you got to put out some effort somewhere, somehow. You know, it's, it's great to sit and have devotions. You know, and I talk to you about that all the time, right? we got to have a devotional life where it's just me and the Lord. Just you and the Lord. But then you don't just stay there all day long. Then you don't stay there the rest of your life. You never get out and do anything. That's just to, to get the strength, the, the wisdom, the, the word that we need so that we can get out and serve him and do what he's called us to do and be. Requires a little bit of work. Oh, I don't like that word, work. Oh, you know, you, you think about it, you have a job, right? I got to go to work now. That's not like, uh, you know, you're, you're all looking forward to it that much, right? How many of you got to get up and go to work tomorrow? You're excited about it, right? I get to, I get, to get up tomorrow and go to work. Yeah, right. I remember uh, reading a title of a book. You know, I can get off track pretty easily. Uh, it's, it, it was called Take This Job and Love It, right? I didn't read the book, but I like the title. Put out a little bit of effort. Do a little bit of work. Work's good for you, you know. Work is good for you. It's good for us. A life of leisure is not necessarily the best thing. If you, you know, you win a, you know, a million dollars somehow... And, you know, then you don't work anymore. Or you don't do anything. You're going to get yourself in trouble. if You're not occupied somehow. 
You know, you talk about this idea of retirement, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't do anything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into a transition in my life in the next, uh, you know, uh, what are we at, three to seven years? What is it? Three to eight years from, for me and, and it's some kind of a transition. But, but I'm looking forward to what God is going to have me do and be. And, and uh, I'm not just going to go sit in front of the uh, a TV set and get myself a lazy boy recliner. They call them lazy boys for a reason, you know. <laughs> so to, to do a little bit of work, I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord till I, till I drop. I'm going to do everything I can. I think, in fact, God's asking me to get involved more in, in the musical side of things. And, and, uh, and, and it's exciting and it's scary. But, but I want to do what he wants me to do. I want to listen. I want to hear. And I want to... I Put some effort into it. I'm having to work at these things. They're not just, I'm not just going to sit there and pray and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, Chopin or something. Right? You got to work at it. You got to work at it. You got to put some effort into it. Does this make any sense to you? It's been 40 years. I want you to know that. It's gotten to me. It's affected me. I wonder what I would be saying if she was sitting here with me. I'd have her sit right here. The second thing he says there, first he says, be strong and work. The second thing he says, for, and it really ties into what I've already been saying about where we get the strength, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty, the Mighty One, the One who has the power, the strength. He says, I'm going to be with you. I am with you. He will be with us. And with Him, we can do anything that He asks us to do. Notice He said, this is what I covenanted with you. A covenant is like a promise. It's an agreement. And He promised to be with his people. There are so many promises in the Bible, in God's word, where, where he says, I am going to be with you. You can look, you can search them out. I'm going to quote to you a few of these because it's so incredible and they're so awesome. In the book of Joshua, now Joshua was the guy who took over for who? Moses. And, and that, those are pretty big shoes to fill, right? I mean, you've seen the movie. Some of you. It's not really that good of a movie. I watched it. I was watching it recently. I'm going, man, this is really kind of weird. But anyways, Joshua, you know, God speaks to Joshua, and this is what he says to him. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Very similar to what he's, what, what he's saying to the people through uh, Haggai, right? Be strong and courageous and do what I've called you to do. I will be with you every step of the way. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God says those same things to you and I today. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said that to Joshua, and Joshua had quite a calling on his life. He says to the people of Israel in Isaiah chapter 41, he says, do not fear. Why? For I am with you. 
Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. Isaiah chapter 43 says, When you pass through the waters, what? I will be with you. Doesn't mean he's going to make it all easy, make it all, you know, fun and games. It's going to be difficult. He goes on to talk in that chapter about, you know, the, the passing through the river and the fire. He says you're not going to be destroyed by all these things. Why? Because I will be with you. To make application in our own lives, we, we need to do that with God's word. If, if, if he's calling us, if he's, if he's working in our lives, he says, I am going to be with you. I am going to be with you every step of the way. What's the third thing? Oh, there's, there's a couple more I wanted to mention. Jeremiah the prophet, God spoke to him too. He says, don't be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah had this calling. They call him the, the weeping prophet. But he, he, he spoke to people and they wouldn't listen at all to him. Nobody you know, would listen to what he had to say. But this is in the very beginning in Jeremiah chapter 1. He says, don't be afraid of them. Just do what I've asked you to do. But I am with you and I will rescue you. Don't worry about all that stuff. The Apostle Paul, he had all kinds of enemies, didn't he? And God said to him, I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city in, in Acts chapter 18. But my favorite, my favorite is this one. Exodus chapter 33. Listen carefully. This is Moses, right? The Lord said to Moses, the Lord replied, he says this, My presence, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. That's what God told Moses, Exodus chapter 33. My presence is, will go with you, and I will give you rest. You're going to be okay. You're not going to get completely burned out and, and destroyed. But I love what Moses said to him. Listen. Then Moses said to him, said to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. In other words, well, if you aren't going with us, well, I don't want to go. Right? But God said, I am going to go with you. You don't want to be where God hasn't called you to be. You don't want to be doing stuff that God hasn't called you to be doing. He said, you know, he'll, he'll let us go and, and we, we get ourselves off in a different places, but we want to be right where God wants us to be, where his presence is directing us, where he's with us. Now, he, he's still with us when we're off on our own as well. He's gonna, never going to leave us or forsake us, but he can't really bless us in the same way as when we're right in the center of his will. Does that make sense? My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Well, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I don't want to go. God, if you're not going there, I don't want to go there. The third thing, my spirit remains among you. Of course, very, you know, it's really a, a kind of an adjunct to the second one where God says, I will be with you because the spirit of God is God, right? We have the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. But in Zechariah, the next book, which we will get to at some point in time, it's 
says this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the guy that we're talking about here, one of the guys. He says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. He says, it's not your strength. He said the same kinds of things. See, the Bible has, you know, the, the, this message. Be strong and work, but not by our own might or power, but by my spirit, which he says, my spirit will remain among you. My spirit will stay with you. I'm not going to leave you on your own. He doesn't give us some kind of direction and then send us out on our own. Where we get into trouble is we try to do it on our own without his strength, without him in our lives. But the last one, probably one of the biggest ones, I think, for, for all of us, he says what? Do not fear. Do not fear. Do you ever get fearful? Do not fear. Maybe you're in a time in your marriage. Maybe you're in a time in your job. Maybe you're in a time in, in, in what you're involved in at school or, or some other kind of thing that's going on or maybe some kind of ministry or something that God's calling you to do. Our kind of normal way of dealing with these things, is the first thing we go to is fear. I don't know. I can't do it. It's, not gonna, it's scaring me. It's the whole thing. And, and what does he say? It, it's an amazing search. If you want to do this, look through the Bible and see how many times it says, do not fear. Why does it say? It's, it's like a hundred and... I, I looked this up a long time ago. It's like 150 times in one way or another it says, do not fear. Why does it say it so many times? Because you and I are prone to fear. We're fearful. I, you know, next Sunday I will not be here. And, and uh, Justin is going to be speaking, bringing the word next week. But I'm going to speak at another church next Sunday. And guess what? I'm fearful. I'm afraid. Why? Because it's not home. You know, I'm not so fearful when I'm here. Certain things I do... And I've shared this. I get fearful when I'm going to like sing a special song or something. I get fearful. Just coming up here, this is like home. I like, you know, I hope you're not fearful when you go home to your home. Then something's wrong there, right? And I hope when you come here, if this is your your home church, you're not fearful when you walk in. I don't know what they're going to do. Say, you know. But I'm going to another church, and they've asked me to share. We're going to do music. We're going to bring the word, and, and, and I'm fearful. But God says, do not fear. Why? Because I'm going to be with you. God doesn't just work in Rhode Island, right? He works in San Diego, too. He's going with me there. Do not fear. Abram. You all know who Abram was? He had another name, Abraham. Good job, thank you. And, you know, he was a man of God. The, the New Testament talks about him as a, the father of the faithful or the father of faith. This guy had faith. But listen to what God said to him in Genesis 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, and he said this, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Don't be afraid. Even Abram, this man of faith, this great man of faith, he was fearful. 
you and I face all kinds of fears, all kinds of these things. And we have to be very careful that we don't let fear stop us. I have to confess, fear has stopped me from doing a lot of things in in this life. A lot of good things that I could have done, fear has stopped me at different times. We all face fears, but we have to be careful to not let fear stop us. Because God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. I want you to turn with me as we close to all the way back to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. So we have, this is in the section of history, right? How many books of history do we have? Twelve, right? So we have the, the five books of law, then the twelve books of history. So Samuel, Kings, Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 28. First Chronicles chapter 28. This is an, an interesting uh, passage when you put these side by side with what we've just been reading in the book of Haggai. First Chronicles chapter 28. David is speaking to Solomon, his son. And we're going to pick it up in verse 20. And he's talking about the temple. David wanted to build the temple, right? But God said, nope, you're not going to be the guy to build the temple. But your son will build the temple. And his son's name was Solomon. So look at verse 20. It says, David said, also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. That's interesting, isn't it? It's the very same message that, that Haggai was giving as they were rebuilding the temple, the same message before the temple was ever built by Solomon. David is saying these same words to his son. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Be strong and work. Don't, don't fear. Why? For the Lord God, my God, is with you, and he won't fail you, and he won't forsake you until it's all finished. So you and I, we face these things in life, don't we? We face discouragement. We face weakness. We face fear. We face these kinds of things, and... and, and, and You know, I want you to think about these things in your life, and next time you're facing them, which may be on the way home, which may be tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe a week from now, a month from now, whatever, to remember that God is saying to you, be strong in His strength and work. Put out some effort. Why? Because I'm with you. My spirit is with you, and do not fear. Do not fear. Keep at it, is what he says, right? I lost my... Did you move that screen back there? No, I mean the... There we go. Keep Keep at it. Keep at it. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and it's a powerful word. It's a very powerful word that we heard today from the prophet Haggai, and it's found throughout your word, Lord, that you want us to 
Be strong in your strength and to work. Why? Because you were with us, the Lord Almighty. You're with us. And because you're with us, that we shouldn't fear. You tell us, do not fear. God, remind us of your word, Lord. You, uh, you said, Jesus, you said that you will bring to remembrance the things that you've spoken to us. I pray you'd remind us of these words when we get to those places. We're facing those battles. Facing those enemies. Some of them are our own fears. Our own insecurities. To do not fear, but to be strong and work. Because you're with us. Father, we thank you Again, for this day, very special day that we have, it's the day you've given us. This is the day, as we sang, the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it today. I pray, too, Lord, as we close, for any here that have never surrendered to Jesus and, and you have never asked him into your life, never said, Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. You, today is a day, is a special day where you can say those words and make a decision, a clear decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And pray with me now. Dear Jesus, I, I come to you now and I, I ask you to come into my life, to come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me. Wash me and cleanse me of all my sin. I come in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen.